The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Hour number two, 713-780. ESPN's your number, 713-780-3776. Or you can get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find The Blitz, click like, send a message. Aaron will read it. Twitter is at Fred Fowler. F-A-O-U-R. At P. Creighton 1. At Aaron, uh, at Aaron is Blitz. At Degenerates 975. And uh, you can also uh, hit us up on the ESPN 975 Twitter as well. Text line, you know the number. And uh, Twitch is twitch.tv slash ESPN975. Patrick Creighton in. Missed the first hour. A little baseball-y. Pretty much. I mean, a little football too. But mostly baseball. Was... I wanted to get into some of the things that uh, that I know Mr. Creighton has been talking about on, on late hits. Although, not a, not a ton of shows in the last week because of basketball getting in the way and soccer mattering. But you were on last night. And uh, no... No late hits tonight because you're doing this. Yeah, so we're early hitting with the Blitz. It's, but, it's, uh, it's, it's the Blitz with great hits. I, I like this. <laughs> we, uh, having, having Tuesday and Wednesday off actually wound up being pretty cool because, you know, A, you know, Glenn does the best soccer show in the country. So if you are any kind of a soccer fan at all, that is must listen to radio. And then Wednesday was NBA Finals Game 4. So let me take my son up to Dallas to go check out the UT campus up there and do a little campus tour. And we've been doing that. He's, he's going to be a senior in high school this year. So, you know, last week we went to A&M. This week we went to UT. Uh, next week we'll go to Sam Houston State, letting him get a look of, the look of the land, see what college campuses look like, see what he likes and doesn't like, learn about what different campuses offer to his major. Because he's looking to study digital animation and, uh, and game design which is a very small but extremely competitive field. You know, that's game design and digital animation also includes, like, Pixar and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it seems to me that there should be more schools doing that. You know, that, that's got to be a, a huge area of interest right now. And he's been making his own games and doing his own graphics now for about three years. And he's, he was making short films last year. So he's a little bit ahead of the curve for, for kids going in there. He really knows exactly what he wants and what he likes to do. And just being able to get to spend that time with my son and do these campus tours has been really cool because my parents didn't get to do that with me. Like both my parents were always at work. My dad worked two jobs when I was in high school. Uh, My mom worked like 60 hours a week. So I did it all on my own. It wasn't. It wasn't as much fun as, you know, I'm, I'm getting to, to do it with my son and, and talk to him about things, and it makes him more confident to ask questions and, and poke his nose around. It's just a really cool experience to be able to do that with your son. Yeah, mine basically just told me, hey, Dad, I'm doing this. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that, although I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it at some point, if I probably won't do it this year. But I am, I'm looking forward to going up and visiting my daughter at Penn State and going to a game there. Because I've never, I've actually never been to a football game there. Going to Happy Valley. Yeah. So uh, I, I will do that while she's 
uh, still in school up there. But uh, so I, I promised you a Deshaun story. And apparently, Jeremy Fowler reported on SportsCenter said, I spoke with a source close to Watson. I'm, I'm just going to say, I'll, I'll expose the source here. I'm sure it's David Mulligetta. <laughs> uh, I mean, really, it's, it's him or Quincy, or Quincy Avery, right? There's nobody else it could be. Let's just start with that. Who said he's been working out rigorously. Okay, I hear rigorously, and that's not what I think of him working out. I think of him air humping. Since, he does that rigorously. Uh, since early June, and he has a plan. And he plans to play somehow, somewhere, and eventually. Uh, okay, that's not a plan. Uh, so it's not clear cut right now. Because his cases are not resolved, the league is still investigating. Now, I spoke to somebody in Houston who said that they believe that he largely won't be expected in training camp because that's a precedent he set early in the offseason that he wasn't going to show up. But there's no clarity on that yet. The league can always play some... Uh, this, there's nothing new in this statement. I mean, there's absolutely nothing new from the point of he plans to play somehow, somewhere, and eventually. Even that, eventually. So I plan to die eventually. Yeah, you know what? Me too. I plan to have a beer eventually. Well, you know what? There was the talk about you know the Eagles still being in the mix for Deshaun when his legal problems are over yesterday, and the Panthers and the Dolphins also got mixed into that. So today. We had to throw in the Broncos. You know, you got to throw in another team. Yeah. You got to put something else out there that keeps the storyline going another 24 hours. Yeah. Once, once one person comes out with the news, then everybody else has to kind of throw in their, their Me Too article on top of it so that they can get some clicks and hits and revenue and stuff on it. But most of the, most of the time, you see the stuff on Deshaun. There's nothing in there that's new. Yeah, there, then there's absolutely nothing in this. Because now we know the Eagles are well-positioned. They have a lot of draft capital in the future, as our Adam Schefter pointed out. Okay, that's that's not news. Also, God, I hate this phrase, don't sleep on Denver here, because I have been told that Watson has long been intrigued by the Broncos. Well, Deshaun Watson's not choosing who he's getting traded to. And as far as the, well, you know, he has that, you know, he can control his trades. If Deshaun was willing to go to the Jets to get away from the Texans, he's willing to go anywhere. He will go anywhere they ship him, and he will not complain because he wants out of, of Houston. Here's the, 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 the question for you, Fred. Philadelphia will have three first-round picks in next year's draft. They have their own pick, and then they've got two other picks. One's from Miami, which kind of pulls Miami out of the equation as unless they make a deal with, uh, you know, what was it, Xavier Howard, who's, who's all dis disgruntled uh, because they signed another corner last year and paid him a little bit more money than him uh, to get first-round picks. Miami's first-round pick belongs to Philadelphia. The, I, I guess the out-of-hat wisdom would be you don't make a trade with Deshaun until after the suspension is done, after the season's over, you know exactly where all those draft picks are going to be. Philly's the only one that can give you three in the same first round, which would give you a total of four first-round picks next year. If Philly's willing to give you those three first-round picks for Deshaun right now, do you take it now or do you make them wait? Oh, I'd take it right now. Yeah, I, I would take it to get rid of him. But I don't know that I don't know if Philadelphia would do that. I, I think they want to see how this plays out like everybody else. Because what if you make that deal and say, oh, you're suspended for eight games? 
Now, you're trading for him for the long term. I don't think he makes the Eagles instantly better next year anyway. Um, but, you know, maybe he does. I, I think I he know. makes them. I mean, in that division, I think he, yeah. he totally changes the game in that division. Maybe so, yeah. But, you know, unless Jalen Hurts is part of the deal, because obviously he's going to quarterback the Eagles this year, unless Jalen Hurts is part of the deal, and you could always find a workaround for that, if Philly is going to be willing to give up three first-round picks at the end of the year, then what's the difference whether you make the deal now or you make the deal later? They're still the only team that can give you three ones. If you're able to make that deal, and, and I've always been the smart move for the Texans will be ride it out. If he misses the whole year, he misses the whole year. But when it's all said and done and he served his time with the NFL, as long as he's not going to jail and since there's no criminal charges, he's not going to jail. He's just writing checks. Next year, he is full value. When you try to trade him, he's full value unless the Texans blow it. But if you can get three number ones for him right now, isn't that full value? I think it is. And it's also full value for a guy who isn't going to play for you again. I, I, I... I'd do it. But but the funny part about this story is as you go through it, they're, they're, they report this like ESPN, Deshaun Watson plans to play somehow, somewhere, QB intrigued by Broncos. And then you get into it, and there is absolutely nothing new in this story other than Jeremy Fowler saying he spoke with a source close to Watson. We all know he's been working out. We've seen the videos. We don't need a source to tell us that, right? Uh, we just we just had did a story the other day where he's working out with uh, Justin Fields and uh, who was the other one, whoever the other Mulligetta client is, and yeah. So guess what? He's working out. Source video on Twitter. And then here's the other part. This this is the thing that they pulled out and put in the headline, and he plans to play somehow, somewhere, and eventually. What the hell does that mean? That could be yeah. How the hell, and, and they take that and then all the other stuff we've already known and try to turn it into a story. I and, know we're an ESPN affiliate, but this is classic ESPN web work where it's, we're basically repeating a story from somewhere else with nothing new. And we're doing the, a source told ESPN or according to sources and ESPN, they never give credit to who actually you know, broke a story or, or reported it first. It, it's uh, Adam Schefter has learned. Yeah, okay. Um, but they're not the only ones who do that, by the way. But they're, they're the most prominent ones because they're the biggest. But then they also, like, uh, put his last tweet where he's talking about um, as a result of social media po- posts by a so- publicity-seeking plaintiff's lawyer. Yeah, yeah, that's all new. That thing was uh, posted, what? March 16th, 2021. Good job. And, and I'm, I'm not just going to blame ESPN for this because Bleacher Report picked it up. And, yeah. But, Aggregators. You know, that's, it's just, yeah, there's no, there's nothing new. And that, that was kind of the whole point. It, it, it's just, it's amazing to me sometimes. Like, because there's, there's nothing with this story yet. The only thing to do is speculate on what might happen. And we talked about this a little bit, and I know somebody on, on Twitch mentioned the possibility. I mean, if he really wants to play this year, shouldn't he be trying to kiss up to the Texans and just say, so he gets paid? 
and say, you know what, I'll, I'll make up for one year. Let's see if we can make it work. If we can't, trade me at the end of the year. Before he does any of that, he's got to get these lawsuits taken care of. But I mean, if, if Roger he, Goodell's going to put him on the exempt list, it's it, and that's that. Well, if if he does, but I mean, I think if he goes to the team and says, "Hey, you know, let's work this out. I'll come back for the year," and he shows up at camp, I don't. I, then the NFL has to do something, right? I mean, if I mean, look, if I was Deshaun, and I have a lot of animosity towards the team, I'm showing up at camp to force their hand. If I'm Deshaun, and I show up to camp. Well, A, I'm the whole story. Everything's about me, which we know makes the Texans really uncomfortable. If there was anything to do with Deshaun, how many weeks go by before David Culley's allowed to talk about it? Six? It's clear they have all gotten an edict. They yeah. are to say absolutely freaking nothing. But if he's back, they kind of have to say something. And, and that's it. Now you put pressure on them because now they have to address you. And if you show up, they have to send you home. And if they send you home, well, they have to pay you. You don't have to worry, oh, well, they're, they're going to find me. I mean, this to me is, is the great uh, equalizer, per se. Let's say Deshaun is not going to show up. Well, with the new CBA, the fines for not showing up are bigger, and they can no longer be waived. So the Texans can wail the hell out of Deshaun for not showing up all of training camp, and then the day before the season, Roger Dell goes, okay, you're going on the exemplist. All right, we uh, we are due for a break here. We come back. I've got uh, some news about one of Aaron's favorite fictional characters doing something in real life. And it's not Rick or Morty or anyone from Letterkenny. Quick break. It's a Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Kind of On ESPN Listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. Patrick Creighton filling in today for A.J. Hoffman. So I promised, uh, were you able to guess it, Aaron? Everybody else what? No. Okay. Well... As the people know, one of Aaron's favorite shows is Ted Lasso. It's actually a show he watched before I did. That's not a fictional character. That's a real person. Oh, stop. Stop! Rick Sanchez is real, too. I believe it. Um, But uh, they had the season two premiere in California. I'm not sure what the release date is, but it's soon, right? 
next week, I, I believe. Okay. And uh, he showed up to uh, show support for the three English soccer players who uh, faced some racist abuse after they all, well, I'll say it, screwed up in the penalty kicks. Yeah, next Friday, 23rd. Okay. They all shanked kicks? Well, one guy one guy missed the net completely. And the the other guy, the dude made a pretty solid save on, and the third guy just kicked it right at the, the goalie. It was pretty brutal. But uh, it, but it also, you know, you know how people are. All three guys were black, so oh. you know, people got all over him. So he was wearing a shirt, a shirt that said Jaden Marcus and Bukayo in support of the guys. And uh, so maybe he is real, Aaron. He's out there supporting those guys. I'm telling you. He's as real as the people who believe in him. It's just like Jesus. And Santa. That too. Easter he bunny? inspires people to be better. Hmm. It, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. There you go. I'm inspired now. If that no, does, that's the opposite of inspiration. Like, oh, I'm inspired. Inspiration. <laughs> mm. Oh, but anyway, um, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be like in the, like a Texans player, and then that video kind of starts making the rounds and gets viral, and you just look like that idiot said what? Like again, like because we, we've heard now for over a year, he is the least like person in that organization. You see him saying stuff like that. If, if you're a Texas player, don't you just want to drop so, a bomb on the whole I, damn building? I, I don't know. I've got a different... Go ahead, Aaron. Well, we know that he's written a book about faith and uh, management and all that stuff. What if we could find a private... Well, this is going to ruin the bit, but we could find a privately owned bookstore and call and say, hey, we wanted to have you out for a book signing. We didn't realize you were a published author. We bought every copy... And then they, he shows up, and it's literally just 8,000 copies of One Fish, Two Fish. <laughs> mm, I don't think I can afford 8,000 copies of One Fish, Two Fish. I mean, we can get some sponsors on this. That'd be a great bit. Uh, yeah, except by, by, by the time we That's did all that, right there. he'd figure it out. Now, what, what we need to do... We'd really be banned from energy at that point. <laughs> oh, listen, they, they, already, I I already they, they already hate me, so I, have no, I don't care. doesn't matter to me one little bit. But I think there's probably something we could do here in that. And I, but back, back to your point before, before we get off on, on this tangent, which could take us all over the place, uh, in, even deep into some Lorax stuff. But um, I, I don't know that the players that are left hate him. I think they went out and signed a bunch of FCA guys that the Rex Burkheads of the world that all think this guy's some kind of legitimate, like like a lot of of charlatans. They all think he's legit. I think I, at least sixty percent of that roster knows he's a joke, but they know he's getting them a paycheck, so they just shut up and deal with it. Well, like I, when you I, have a bad boss who tells those stupid jokes that you laugh at, you know if you don't laugh. Uh, no, no, but let, let me serious question. I mean, they they've got fifty new players. Do you? Do you, it, would it not be a shock that Nick Casario, before he signs them, after talking to their agent, hey, what do you think of, uh, uh, are, are you a member of FCA? What do you think of uh, Jack you Easterby? You can't ask that. You can't ask about uh, religious oh, like, like they don't. You can't ask Des Bryant if his mom's a prostitute either, and guess what? They do. That was different. That was 
media days in front of cameras in private. No, it wasn't. That was a private interview in, the, in a draft. I think when you look at the types of players the Texans signed, these were the Texans replaced a bunch of average Joes, primarily with a bunch of other average Joes. These are guys like, okay, this is the team that's going to give me a paycheck. I'm signing on. I know some guys who at one point played for what is now the Washington football team. And I would ask them, so what was it like playing for Daniel Snyder? And they all basically led with the same thing. His check's clear. That was it. That was the only, you know what? Uh, We we were were on a good team. It was a mess. But the check's cleared. The Texans' checks are going to clear. The overwhelming majority of those guys are just other team scrubs that are now our scrubs. I don't even know if Jack used to be makes a difference because those guys aren't big enough impact players for it to make a difference. We got 50 new dudes who were, you know, threes and fours. I, I, I mean, I agree with that from a football perspective, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about are you getting people into the organization who are, I mean, there are people over there who clearly like Jack Easterby. I mean, is that part of, of redoing your, your roster is getting guys that fit in to your, quote, culture. Now, well, it I, depends. Is Brandon I, Cooks I, one of those guys? Because Brandon Cooks likes everybody. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is definitely one of those guys. He's a big-time Easterby guy. Brandon Cooks says only good things about every single person. Like, you could ask him, you know, so uh, what do you think about the Green River Killer? Oh, he was a great guy. I mean, really, really intellectual and, and planned, well-planned. Brandon Cooks isn't saying a bad thing about anyone. No, but he, he is an Easterby guy, though. That that that's not a I guess that's not a surprise, but yeah, the uh, all that stuff. Once you know they start out zero four, nobody's going to like anybody. It's not going to matter. You know what though? I, and I'm I'm I think it's a real possibility they start off two and one. Now they may not win another game after that, but you get Jaguars week one with new quarterback, new coach. Yeah, you know, not a not a ton of new talent yet, other than the quarterback. He he may not be really good first time out, and then you get the Panthers on a Thursday in Week Three. They're both. I mean, they, both teams are better than you, but short week on a Thursday. Somebody's got to tackle Christian McCaffrey if he doesn't. If he isn't already broken for the rest of his life, and yeah, I mean that that's the thing. If they haven't fixed the run defense, then no, they won't win that. But you imagine the, if they don't the people who one, come out of the, the woodwork if they start off 2-1? and one. If they don't win week one, they might not win. Period. They might not uh, the, win. No, I, I, I don't think they're 0-17. That's uh, almost impossible to do because uh, in the reality is you're always going to have a couple games that are way closer than you think. You're always going to have teams that don't play very well on a given day. And then in, in worst case, you get to the end of the season – you're going to have teams sitting players because they're already their playoffs are already set, and that may happen for two weeks this year instead of one. No way they go on seventeen. All those things, no argument. Those things are all very possible. But when you're a bad team, you already don't have any depth. As attrition starts to accrue, which will happen on every team, and we get later on in the season, we're going to see the Texans playing like XFL and CFL and AAF guys. Uh, signing guys off the street. 
It's ugly. You know what? I'm, I'm going I'm to disagree on the depth thing. I think they have depth that's all pretty much the same guy. They, all these guys they signed are special teams aces and limited in their other roles. And they've got about 30 of those. So they've got depth. It's just not good depth. So I, I, I kind of think that as, as these guys get hurt, you're not going to see much of a difference. Remember, you still got to fill those roster spaces. Yeah, well, then you've got to replace those guys. And when you start getting into cluster injuries and you get three or four deep, then it's a different animal. But I, I do think that, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think they're a bad team, but I think they could start off two and one and then go two and fifteen. If if you laid me odds on Texans going zero and seventeen or going five and twelve, and I had to pick one, I'd pick zero and seventeen. I'd take five and twelve. And, and somebody brings up a good point. The the Jets couldn't even go 0-16 last year. They tried. They were trying to lose. They were, I mean. Hey, I've seen this team lose 14 straight. So, you know, it's it's possible to me. Uh, it, it's possible, but it, it's it, it's so it's so rare. And, and I mean, the, this team's really bad. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, there is a path for them to be competitive in most games. And that's, you know, assuming... The offensive line is much better this year, which I think it will be just from the coaching change and the fact that you add Marcus Cannon. I think you've got legitimate guys now in at least four-year spots. Uh, if you're able to run the ball well behind that line, keep the defense off the field, and Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over, you can win a few games like that. Now you're going to win 17-14. to 14. The, now, the, Tyrod doesn't turn the ball over. We, that's one thing about Tyrod Taylor. He is not going to put the ball in jeopardy. He's just not that good. No, I mean, and you're going from a top five level performance last year with Deshaun to a guy who is barely replacement level. It is a monster drop, and I think that defense is still going to be hitting. Well, and, and that's that's the thing. I don't think the defense is going to be good enough. I think in, in you know, one or two games here or there where they match up well, they might play okay. And if they do that, those are games you can win. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to go out and win them either because, I mean, there's a lot of close games in the NFL that the good teams always win and the bad teams always lose. But I, I think I, I don't think they're – I mean, I think they're going to start off really epically bad. But I mean, either two things. They're going to get off that fast start, and then they're never coming close again. Or they start off just epically bad like the Dolphins did a few years ago, and by the end of the season, they've gotten better. Or Maybe, maybe Davis Mills steps in, and he's decent. And you win a couple of games, but I, I, I mean, going on seventeen is is, I, and I know they're not favored in a single game, but I don't want to say impossible because this organization is a joke, but I, I think it's really unlikely, almost impossible. It, not easy, but you know they're really good at that. The you know the other part of that being, uh, with with the Texans, and you start getting into. Can they rush the passer at all? Their best pass rusher was, you know, a shell of J.J. Watt, and he's not here anymore. So how do they get pressure? Because if they can't get pressure on Trevor Lawrence week one, not a great offensive line, rookie quarterback first start, that is going to be a harbinger of death for the season. All right, we'll, we'll get back to that because I'm, 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 going to, uh, I'm going to dispute that a little bit. But uh, right now, I'm going to tell you, you know, the Texans are like a car that's just stuck in the mud. 
And, you know, your car gets stuck in the mud and you think, all right, you know, get it home, clean it up. And it's not running as well. You think, man, I should do something with this. Or maybe you got one that's been sitting in the garage for a while and you're thinking, hey, you know what? I was going to fix this car up, but I don't know what to do with it. Well, go to carsforkids.org or call 713-225-4226 and they're going to come and pick it up. You get a tax write-off. You donate the vehicle. And if you mention ESPN Houston, you're going to get a $50 Visa gift card as a thank you for your donation. These donations benefit the Houston Can Academies. And these are students and schools that are here locally. And they'll take all kinds of vehicles. They don't have to be running. It could be a car. It could be a motorcycle. It could be a truck. Here's the best part. If it's been sitting there and you're like, I don't know where the title is to this thing. Well, guess they'll take care of that for you. Whether you have the title or not, they'll do the title work including search and transfer. That's what they do at carsforkids.org. So why don't you ride off the car, not the kid? I hit the switch on a fan. This where my head is. I feel resentment from every direction. Even some homies be wearing expressions. I be discouraged from sharing my blessings. We used to share a connection. Now it just feels like it's wearing and stretching. I'm getting real sick of taking advice from people that never could stare at reflections. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. So, uh... Dr. Dre on 290 said, is, is this the year after week four to bet against the Texans and let it ride the rest of the year? Um, and in theory, that sounds really good. But one thing I wanna, I'm going to dispute Patrick on about how hard it is to go in 17. The other part of that is it, it, Vegas will adjust. So basically, if they start really being awful about week four. Well, they're going to be awful from the beginning. Just how awful is, is the question. But if they're not covering spreads, the spreads will, will basically keep getting bigger. So Vegas will adjust as we go. Uh, but I think it depends. If, they, if Tyrod Taylor gets hurt and the options are Davis Mills and... Who's, who's the other one? Driscoll? Was it Driscoll that yeah, they... Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Those are Good your options. Yeah, uh, then, yeah, they're not, they're not covering many spreads. But let me, let me just throw this out there. And I'm going to take the last team that went winless. Cleveland Browns. We agree pretty bad, right? They were, they were not good. So, week one, they lost by three to the Steelers. Very winnable game. Then they lose by 14 to the Ravens. Then week three... They lose by three to the Colts. Then they get blown out by the Bengals. Then they lose by, you guessed it, three to the Jets. Then they get blown out by the Texans. Then, you know what happens next? In overtime, they lose by three to the Titans. Now, those are all swing games. And obviously, you lose them all if you're 0-16. But uh, then they get blown out by the Vikings, uh, 33-16. to then they, they lost 38-24 to the Lions. So this is where it's getting bad, and this is where you might start thinking, okay, yeah, we're going to bet against them every week here. Then the Jaguars, they lose 19-7. Then the Bengals, they lose 30-16. to Chargers, they lose 19-10. to Then, and this is the kind of thing that can happen. Packers show up, 
They lose in overtime to the Packers. Uh, then they get blown out by the Ravens. They get blown out by the Bears. Last game of the season, they only lose by four at Heinz Field to the Steelers. So a lot of close games in there that could have gone either way. It's pretty rare that none of those go your way. Now, I was looking up the 2008 Lions to see how many close games they had. They had four. Usually they lost by at least a touchdown. Most games they lost by double digits. But I'm not saying it's easy to go 0-17. I mean, there is a possibility, let's say, when they play the Panthers, maybe Christian McCaffrey doesn't play. Uh, maybe Phillip Walker is playing quarterback and Sam Darnold's out of the game for whatever reason. The, the field starts to tilt a little bit more evenly. But every, to me, every chance the Texans have of winning uh, generally relies on the other team being uncharacteristically bad or having a rash of injuries to key players. Very possible in the NFL, we know this. Yeah. But uh, if, or, or, if there's a team that's going to go 0-17, I think it's going to be the Texans. I, I think it, 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 hell, the Lions could do it too. Be, that'd be hilarious. That is true. I mean, I think and, I only but, had the Lions winning two games. So. But, I mean, that's the thing, though. You can you can project all you want. There's always going to be a game where, uh, and in almost every case, every team's going to be better than the Texans. That doesn't mean they always win in the NFL. It, it, it's it's not Madden. Guy, guys see that. They see Texans 0-7, and they put the W. They write the W down on the schedule in the locker room before they play the game. And they go out there, and they half-ass it, and next thing you know, they're down. Uh, 17 to nothing before you know it. And then they come back and lose like 20 to 17. And we see those games all the time. And look, the, the Jets, the Jets are the perfect example last year. Should have beaten the Raiders. That, that should have been a win. And, and then they wind up winning a game that cost them, you know, cost them my favorite uh, young quarterback because he's got a great hair and a great beak. But they couldn't even get losing right. Typical Jets. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. The Texans could. The Texans are going to win just enough to not get the number one pick. You heard it here first, because that would be a Texans thing to do. So they'll be one in sixteen, and the Lions go over. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I think I would say the number for me is three. I think between like the the to me the the floor is is three. I think they'll they'll win three games. The question is, do they win any more than that? And I think if everything falls perfectly. And like I don't know, I don't think David Cully can coach his way out of a. Never mind, I'm not going to say that, but I I do think he has a pretty good offensive mind in Pep Hamilton on that side of the ball. He's got a better offensive line coach. If he's just CEO, or basically if he's Nick Casario's clipboard holder, which is what I think he is, then those are the guys that'll be making the decisions. And I think Lovey Smith is is still a pretty good defensive mind. And I do think he could make the defense, I'm not going to say better because talent-wise, they suck. But I think scheme-wise, maybe he hides the weaknesses a little more. Well, and and that and maybe maybe they're not as awful. I mean, I don't think they're any more better. I think maybe they're better at corner. I think Desmond King is, is a better player than anybody they had opposite Roby last year. But other than that, I mean, they've got a bunch of nobodies. But it may, but you can scheme your way into not getting destroyed on the ground like they did last year. Question for you. Do you feel like Romeo last year 
kind of did the Texans a disservice. He didn't care about playing kids. He didn't care about developing players. He didn't care about setting his matchups. He basically told the guys, go out there, do what I tell you to do. They got smacked, and then it was, well, we need to play better. He didn't really make adjustments. He didn't try to put guys in better positions. And the fact that he you know, was against playing kids in a lost season, I feel like he did them no favors last year. Well, he's not a good coach. Let's be honest. I mean, he's he's always been a really good defensive coordinator, but even that's fallen off the last few years. And other, other than 2018, they've his defenses have been terrible. And, yeah, I don't think he cared. And it, now, in their defense, and really, you would have liked to have seen more of, of Blacklock and Jonathan Grenard. Those are the guys you probably like to have seen more of to see them develop. They also didn't get camp because of the COVID. You know, and, and it's hard enough for rookies to go through rookie camp, training camp, and and be able to play right away. Now, by the end of the season, they should have been acclimated. You, you should have seen a lot more of those guys. Uh, so I, I think, and I don't know that he was trying to save his job because he really wasn't getting the job. So there's not really much motivation there, right? It's like, well, let's try to win a bunch of games so I can keep my job. And ordinarily, you'd say, let's lose a bunch of games so we get a better draft pick. That didn't work out. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how motivated he was. Other than, you know, hey, I'm an old man. I'm getting paid. Let's just go out there and do what we can. Because my first year here was 2013. And the Texans were in the middle of that 14-game losing streak. And they had a rash of injuries. At one point, uh, the only tight end on the team was the sixth-round pick out of Connecticut. And he was playing all the tight end snaps. And he was playing special teams because all the other tight ends were hurt. And you remember the owner, uh, you know, uh, Bob McNair, Texans founder, gave Gary Kubiak an edict. You're going to play Case Keenum. We're losing. I don't need to see Matt Schaub. I need to know if Case is anything. Play Case Keenum. And Gary wanted to win a game, and he played Matt Schaub, and he got fired. Is, is Cal incapable of picking up the phone to... To Romeo and saying, hey, we got the, these young kids. We're not going anywhere this year. How about we see what they can do? Of course he's incapable. I, I, have you listened to the guy? Uh, do you want him Do you want him picking up a phone and doing anything? Hey, well, this is Cal. Oh, boy. Why don't you play some of these kids there, Mr. Krennel? <laughs> what are the odds that Cal just when he was done talking to somebody on an iPhone, he just puts it down on the desk and thinks it hangs up just like a regular old phone? Oh, oh, well, you know, so he probably has an assistant who hangs it up for him. He might have an assistant who holds it for him. Yeah, real. I mean, yeah, he's got both hands playing that, video games and eating goldfish. Yeah, and and so he's got somebody who has to text for him because you know then he'd have to spell. I don't know, man. I I I I, I just. I, I thought very highly of Bob McNair. This is not, you know. Every tree's got a rotten apple. I don't I I was just thinking of Gladiator. Marcus Aurelius had a vision of Rome. This is not it. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. I, I feel like this, Bob McNair had a vision. This is not it. Or as Cal would say, this is not it. All right, quick break. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5.
on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. No A.J. today. Patrick Creighton filling in as we... Uh, as A.J. heads off to uh, Vegas. Culture Map Tastemaker Awards are back. Celebrating the top talent in Houston's restaurant and bar communities. Join us July 22 at Silver Street Studios for our signature in-person tasting event and award ceremony. Come celebrate all the nominees like Restaurant of the Year, Bar of the Year, Best Neighborhood Restaurant, and more. We'll unveil the 2021 winners, and you'll sample bites and sip specialty drinks along the way. Get your tickets now at culturemap.com slash TM. Not TMI, just TM. You know what? I, uh, I don't think I'm going to make it to, culture, uh, to the tastemakers this year. So, I know I won't be there. I'll be uh, working. I will yeah, be, I'll be here. here. Ah, you'll be here with Patrick. So, what, what's Patrick like working with at night? I mean, you you just, can, you can be on for two hours. I know, I know, but you do it every pretty much every night. Not every night, but most nights. What's it like producing a show? It's just like this. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you you're you're being evasive here. No, I mean, it's just, <laughs> isn't he? I'm not important enough for him to need to be evasive for. So yeah, you could you, you could say what's on your mind. He's one of those guys who is has the actual ability to host a solo show, and that's I'm not going to say rare in our business, but to do it and keep it going and not look around after three segments and go, wait, what, what, what do I want to do? No, Patrick comes in with a plan, and when he hits the ground running. There are times where I know just stay out of his way because I'll get run over like a bus that lost its brakes. But then there's the also mess! times where the I mess! know that, <laughs> hey, maybe I want to talk a little or I will throw myself in front of that bus when he says something that really pisses me off. Okay. He does. That usually only happens maybe once a show. Uh, not even that much. It's interesting. I Because I, usually, like I, I always catch the first 30 minutes on the way home. Uh, roughly 30 minutes. It just depends on traffic. But, and usually that's when, you know, Patrick's kind of doing his, his best stuff right off the top. I have heard you guys get into it a little bit, but it's always like later in the first hour or early second hour if I happen to be out later. It doesn't doesn't seem to happen in the first couple segments. No. Although, it, it's funny, having worked with Aaron enough, I can tell when Aaron really wants to jump in and say something. I can almost sense it. When you're talking, uh, when you're talking about something, I can almost sense that Aaron's in there, like doing the thing he does when he wants to talk. <laughs> it's kind of funny. No, Aaron did that a lot more when there were two of us. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> Ooh, never mind. I mean, if I would just stop being wrong, I wouldn't have to do it. <laughs> Since we've gotten a lot better at that now that it's back to a one-man show. Ow! All right. Um, let's do a Zadok Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the gym of the day. The Zadok Jeweler gym of the day. Okay. Uh, we talk about a lot of things on this show that could end the world. You know, the zombie apocalypse is out there. I'm going to be part of it with the vaccination that's going to turn me into a zombie. Um, we've talked about the alien invasion that's coming. You know, we've talked about the, uh, uh, the, the main thing that's going to happen 
is probably Skynet taking over and killing us all. Well, the other thing we need to be afraid of, and lately it's been a lot of different animals, but Planet of the Apes is going to be a real thing. And I, I think the more, almost everything that's happening in the world is based on a movie that's already happened. Which is why, in part, I think we're in assimilation and there's some little kid up there like your son who's designed this as a game <laughs> and he's jacking with us to see, oh, let's, let's make it rain all summer long in Houston and see how they deal with it. Oh, let's, uh, let's throw a, a one-day freeze at them that, that kills them for a week. Let's, uh, you know, let's make those lovable Astros the villains. Yeah, let's see how they handle this. Let's send Ted Cruz to Cancun. Anyway, uh, so... I think that the Planet of the Apes is a real thing. It's going to happen if it hasn't already happened and we're in some weird time loop and I shouldn't watch so much Loki because now I think anything's possible. But the one thing I will say, when the apes do take over, they're not going to be that much different from us. They're going to be a lot like the ones in the movies because a monkey in India proved exactly that. He uh, entered a liquor store. Stole a bottle of wine and downed it right there. Uh, and there, there's a one-minute clip on it, but its uh, I don't know how to pronounce this because this comes up all the time because these monkeys in particular are kind of, it's, it's, I don't know if it's macaque. Yeah, rhesus macaque. Yeah. So a, mis- a mischievous macaque was uh, sitting on the counter of a liquor store. Now, part of it is in India. Apparently, they just let animals go everywhere. I don't know what's up with that. I guarantee you, if I'm, if I'm a macaque... And they're going to let me into the liquor store. Guess where I'm going? I'm going for the vodka or the whiskey. But uh, apparently he is, he unscrews the top of the bottle using his teeth and hands. And uh, the, this is my favorite part in the video. The, the owner, shop owner, tries to lure him with a biscuit. I'm like, bro, wine or biscuit? I'm, I'm team wine. Team wine. So uh, I'm, I'm a fan of this guy, but uh, he gets drunk, and uh, he basically is, is, at the end, is licking wine off his fingers and struggling with it because he's pretty drunk. So, uh, it, and according to this story, macaques have proven to be a scourge across the subcontinent where they've been responsible for such mayhem as robbing ATMs and commandeering office buildings. A mob of wild monkeys broke into a home and kidnapped newborn twins, killing one of the eight-day-old girls. The That's f- a horrible story, but the fact that they're able to rob ATMs, I think, is hilarious. Well, I, I just, I, I mean, we have to look at this as a bigger picture in that Planet of the Apes is coming and the rhesus macaques are going to be at the forefront of it. But uh, He needed both hands and a foot. Hmm. To hold up this, so regular size. Almost half his size. The the ATM thing was apparently the uh, someone found a cash machine with the front torn off, although nothing had apparently been taken. They suspected a botched robbery. They reviewed the security footage, and it was a it was a monkey. You think they threw hopped on top of the ATM and tugged away before uncovering the hardware inside? This was back in uh, May seventh. I don't know how we missed that story. Do you think they'd throw money the way like they throw poop? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Just they're throwing money at each other. Anyway. I want to be that rich. I want to be so rich I can just come in and throw money at people. It's better than the other thing you mentioned. <laughs> I don't want to touch that. So, yeah. 
Uh, and no, Deshaun is not. No, no, no. You can't say that. Um, buying a buddy body a bottle of whiskey for his birthday. What's a good one that's not mainstream? I don't know what you mean about what's not mainstream. Uh, I can give you plenty of suggestions in uh, any of the four rows of stuff that, uh, especially if you can get the small batch select, which that's harder to find now. I could find the small batch, but I haven't seen the select around too many places anymore. Um, I'm, a, I'm big on Eagle Rare. It's hard to find. It's only 30 bucks a bottle, but it's it's great. Any of the, the high-end Whitmire stuff, fantastic. And um, what was that one? What was that one you picked up? That rye. Aaron, that was really good. Cooper Family. Yeah, uh, Cooper Family, if you're into a rye. I mean, they've got bourbon. They've got everything, too. Hmm. I haven't tried yeah, that. yeah, that rye will get you there. That's great stuff. Yeah, next time you make a road trip up there, I'll have to give you some money to get another bottle. Um, But that that's because I haven't found that around here. They have it at uh, my, they have it at my specs. They have it at my total wine. There's uh, plenty of places to carry it now. Hmm. They're carrying yeah. in restaurants too I, now. I haven't actually like the only specs that I go to now is the one over here by the station because I always stop there on the way to you know before I go to work just to grab whatever I need. Uh, I haven't been to downtown specs in forever, which is because you know why? I'll tell you why. Because I was doing the keto thing and I wasn't buying beer. Because that's where I go to buy beer. All right, quick break. It is the Blitz on ESPN ninety seven five ninety two five. This is Heisman Trophy winner, college football Hall of Famer, Eddie George, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5.